finding those viruses that you're infected with that you're not even aware of that are, you know, that create limiting beliefs. Like, okay, I'm flawed, or I'm bad, or I'm not worthy. What does the word freedom mean to you? Only you can define it in your life, and only you can decide to build the life of freedom and fulfillment you deserve. This is Freedom Mindset Radio. I'm your host, Kurt Mercadante, and we're grateful you're here. Hey there, this is Kurt Mercadante with another edition of Freedom Media Network. We are here with prosperity guru, Randy Gage of Prosperity Factor. He's working on his 14th book, two times New York Times bestseller, keynote speaking hall of fame. Randy, thanks so much for joining us. Great to be on. When you talk about guilt and that word guilt, and I grew up Catholic going to Catholic school, and uh, you know, my daughter came home, we kept coming home from Sunday school, guilt. And I, 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 I tell people, I said, yeah, you, you have to understand, I was raised like having that cookie or robbing the bank were equal, like that was it, you're going to hell. Like there was no like gray area. But I worked in Republican politics for years when I decided no more, like I'm out. I don't care who wins, who loses, like I just, you know. The guilt that people would, you know, not just religion, but political parties, how could you do this? You know what's gonna happen. If you don't cast that vote, what's going to happen? So when you talk about politics, when you talk about, uh, I have a, a certain relative who a couple years ago on, on election day, did you vote today? It was congressional elections, nope. How could you not vote? And I said, I worked in politics for 20 years and I wasn't allowed to talk about politics. You all thought I was obnoxious. So now why are you giving me that angle? But that guilt is just so, and you, well, you write about in your book, but also the recent Matrix blog post about it being reinforced. Now you, I did not know the history of memes and um, the, what you call the mind viruses and the Matrix is reinforced by popular culture, by movies. We, uh, you name a, no, a number of them, but I remember I told my wife I didn't want to allow the Muppets in because it was the evil oil baron who was gonna dig up the Muppet theater. And my kids grew up, oh, that's bad, that's, oh, that's evil. Um, how can one combat that? Short of moving to the woods, you know, and turning everything off, how do you combat? How do you tell someone to combat the mind viruses? Well, yes, they are so pervasive, so just all-encompassing. I know you you shared one of my blog posts. You ch we chatted on Twitter about it. I the headline is, you know, why would Batman, Superman, right. Laura Croft, and Heidi, I think, or Snow White <laughs> want you to be broke? And then I'm talking about the mind viruses. And, and so for people watching or listening. When we say a meme, we don't mean a slide on social right, media. Right. I mean the actual original definition of the word, which came from memetics, which was pioneered by Richard Dawkins in his book, The Selfish Gene. Uh, memetics is the science of memes, and memes are mind viruses. So just like uh, a, a slogan like, just do it for Nike is a meme. Uh, shaky, shaky, shaky song by Daddy Yankee is a meme. You hear it in your head. It replicates in your mind, it, rep it parasitizes you and replicates as the host, you repeat and continue the virus. So there's all, you know, this blog that I was mentioning, this is the one where I talk about how emotional memes impact you more. 
And uh, so memes about children are really powerful. And then I just give the example of like, what about an orphan? What would be more if you're a father or a mother and you're or you're a young child and you're so dependent on your father and your mother and you read a story or watch a TV or a movie about an orphan, what it just touches you on this such an emotionally visceral level. And then I started looking, okay, so Batman's an orphan, Superman's an orphan, uh, you know, uh, Harry Potter is an orphan, the boxcar kids are orphan, Laura Croft's an orphan, orphan, uh, Luke is an orphan. Tony Stark, you said? Uh, Tony Stark, I mean, and I gave a list in that blog of like 40 Heidi, Snow White, I mean, just timeless, right? And, and so this is just, um, we get infected with these viruses that we don't know. They're on your subconscious mind. So they create limiting beliefs. And uh, with religion, you know, the, the limiting beliefs and, you know, why I'm a, a agnostic or an atheist now is because I went on a sabbatical and I spent a couple of years studying all of the major organized religion of the world. And I can look at the Hindu doctrine of karma, the uh, Eightfold Path Buddhist, the uh, Code of Islam, original sin in Christianity. Uh, we can look at these over and over, and they're all based on this belief that you're a flawed being requiring salvation. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it creates worthiness issues. So people get low self-esteem. And my, the premise of my next book, it's, it's called Radical Rebirth, and it'll be out probably late 2020, early 21, uh, is how to recreate yourself. And a big part of that is finding those viruses that you're infected with that you're not even aware of that are, you know, that create limiting beliefs. Like, okay, I'm flawed, or I'm bad, or I'm not worthy. So for most people, I think the tipping point is when they get to adulthood. Do they get to adulthood with healthy self-esteem? Yeah. If you get there, you have probably an 85% chance that you're gonna live a, a prosperous, healthy, happy life. If you reach adulthood and you have low self-esteem, I think you got an 85% or plus chance that you're gonna have a unprosperous, unhealthy, unhappy life because uh, most people never go back and question that program. Nobody ever thinks, and, and, and you know, what I'm doing in the new book is saying, okay, let's look at the six main areas. And I shouldn't say this on live TV because maybe I won't remember them all, but <laughs> I think it's money and success, uh, job and work, sex, sexuality, uh, health and wellness, uh, God and religion, marriage and relationships. You got these five, six main areas that you develop beliefs. And um, nobody ever thinks to question those. Right. You know, your beliefs on God and religion, they're formed before you're eight. If your father beat your mother, if your mother cheated on your father, if they argued all the time, your belief on marriage and relationship was set when you were six, right? If you were going to Sunday school and you had the nuns wrapping your ruler and telling you you were born a sorry sinner, your belief about God was set before you were six, seven. So how many people actually go back when they're 40 or 50 
or 60 and say, what are my core foundational beliefs in these areas? When did I get them? And did I choose them through critical thinking and introspection and evaluation? Or did I just adopt them when I was five, six, or seven and have never questioned them ever since? And, and no critical thought to arrive at it. It was, and it used to be, I don't know if it's the same way, but political party was determined, right? Your dad was a Republican, you're a Republican, or, or whatever. Or the other thing is, your dad's a Republican, so you become a Democrat to rebel, right? Yeah. And that's just as bad, because people don't understand, like you see people who are just, they're contrarians, they disagree with everything. <laughs> but what they don't understand is, they're just as easily manipulated as the sheep. Because if I know you're a contrarian, all I have to do is say, Look at how sunny it is outside, and I know you're gonna grab an umbrella. It's, and it's no thought, it's just knee-jerk, you know, tap-the-knee reaction um, because of the underlying programming. There was, I, I recently saw a video where they were taking uh, Trump proposals and putting Bernie's name on them and going, people were like, I love it, I love it, and then they'd say it was Trump. And then vice versa, I had someone who, uh, we have some friends and their family, their family is a Bernie family, and we're gonna go for Bernie. And uh, then we're having a discussion like, yeah, we don't think the government should be in control of anything. I'm like, wait, who? You're, Ber you're for Bernie? But people get so caught up in, in the populist language and it's amazing the people who are more upset or, or excited about football, Super Bowl, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump, than they are about any facet of their life. Yeah. Is, does that go back to the, the tribal hijacking? Yeah, it's some yeah. programming, absolutely. You write about, uh, do you know Bruce Lipton? Yeah, uh, and, I've read a couple of his books. And he talks about, uh, you, I think you talk about the same thing, or about eight, seven or eight, and he said about seven, about the programming in the first seven years of your life, you're in a theta state where you're more likely to have your software programmed. The, the same state you're in when you're half asleep in the morning or at night. Mm -hmm. And you write about, I think about eight years old, and is it, I know it's possible, is it a, does, do you have to go through a multi-year process of deprogramming yourself? I mean, meditations, affirmations, I mean, is that what you recommend for someone? I know you're gonna have the book. It's not, yeah, it's not that I recommend it, but I find that that's what it takes for most people because most people by the time they discover my work, they're not 11, they're, 31, 41, or 51. And um, these beliefs are so deeply ingrained that um, they have to discover them, right? They have to go back and find these subconscious beliefs because they're not conscious. No, nobody, nobody conscious, like if you, if you ask the Arab, if we just go out here and we grab the next 10 people at the bus stop and we say, hey, would you like to be healthy, happy, and rich? 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 would say, yes, of course I want to be healthy, happy, and rich. And then if we said, okay, well, you say that you want to be healthy. Why are you smoking a pack and a half of cigarettes a day? Why are you drinking three 12-packs of beer a week? Why is the last time you were in a gym was the Reagan administration? Why do you eat nothing but garbage? You know, why, you know, and yeah. they... 
but they'd say they want to be healthy. What do you mean? I go to the doctor, I take my prescriptions, you know, and because their belief is, okay, I, I'm, I'm on 11 prescriptions and that counteracts everything, so I'm trying to be healthy. And I only had one piece of pie instead of two on Thanksgiving. So, you know, um, they never think to say, well, wait a minute, do I, do I have self-sabotaging beliefs that are causing me to do death wish behavior? and making me unhealthy. They never think to say, okay, wait a minute, I, you know, I, I say I wanna be rich, but I keep blowing up every uh, uh, opportunity I have to start a business, or I'm self-sabotaging my promotions at work, or you know, I'm, I'm doing behavior that's causing me to remain poor, and they don't question that until they, come across me or somebody else who is doing this kind of work and will get in their face and just cause them to say, well, why don't I, why don't I question what my beliefs are? Why don't I do some critical thinking about it? <laughs>